1: That's chumbacasino.com.
2: No purchase necessary. BDW group void work prohibited by law. See terms and conditions.
0: Eighteen plus The world of daily fantasy football seemed like it came out of absolutely nowhere, and it really came down on some very interesting circumstances and the way that everything came about and uh we've got an author who wrote a book about just that Albert Chen is the senior editor at si.com and author of the billion dollar fantasy the high stakes game between FanDuel and DraftKings that upended sports in America Albert thank you so much for joining the show today
3: thanks so much for having me yeah uh
0: is daily fantasy as popular today as it was two or three years ago when it really was in that boom period
3: (laughs) that's a great question i mean it is actually uh probably if anything less popular than it was really at the heyday of 2015 i mean in terms of overall users um i think certainly the number is up but in terms of just how active those users are, you know, that's kind of an open question. Really what the story is about is how those companies really pivoted from daily fantasy, which at the end of the day was a pretty kind of niche, uh, you know, thing that, the, you know, players were, were playing, and there was this idea that it was this massive thing that really has not come to fruition, but really what it is now is DraftKings and FanDuel sort of evolving where dfs is a part of it but it's a part now of um what is really a much larger thing where these two companies are all about sports gambling in 2019 and where that story is headed
0: so so these two businesses are they i know that at one point they were trying to partner with one another is that still on the table is that happening and and as you mentioned have they sort of changed their business model
3: um, they have changed in terms of what their emphasis is. I, I, you know, they, have, they are, in a lot of respects, you know, still a daily fantasy company. What is, what is interesting is you know, I'm in New York City, and I can cross the GW Bridge and go to New Jersey and take out my phone and place bets on who's going to win you know, tonight's Mets game on both FanDuel and DraftKings and William Hill and, and a number of other apps And that is really what the war is right now, and they're going head-to-head, where there's really no reality Well, I think there are scenarios where potentially they could maybe partner up, but that's I think we're far beyond that at this point. The the rumors of that happening actually got very far down the road to the point where, you know, they're talking about what the company would be called in that scenario was for survival. I mean, this is when they were really struggling, and this is when they needed a path forward, and that was going to be combining companies and, and combining costs
0: so in your story in your book you tell as you as you've written in in the uh in the description an improbable story of the daily fantasy saga you talk about an irishman who knew nothing about american sports a fantasy geek who felt like it was his destiny to change the way that nerds watch games and a conflicted poker player how did all of this even what was the birth process of daily fantasy
3: yeah, I mean it was really you know hatched by actually a number of startups and you know, I go to into the story of one of them called Traft Street where um it is sort of a story of a company that um, had this idea but so did these guys in the UK called fan uh, this company called FanDuel which was run by you know non fantasy sports players who um, wanted to get into the space and you know had a, a, an interesting kind of approach, which was the outsider's approach to building something which could be um, pretty big. So they went into this um, really kind of you know not knowing exactly how big this could potentially be, and it really you know once they got into this head-to-head competition with fan uh, with DraftKings out of Boston, you know run by three co-founders who had never started a business before it just really escalated into an advertising war a war that was all about you know acquiring users
0: albert chen is the senior editor at si.com also the author of this book we're talking about it billion dollar fantasy the high stakes game between fanduel and draftkings that upended sports here in america albert chen joins us on in the zone shot
1: albert you wrote this book at the same time that the fact fang- that the DraftKings and FanDuel—the whole industry was changing with those two companies. How tough was it for you to write this book, as the changes were going on at the same time you're writing the book?
3: It was incredibly tough. I mean, this—you know—the ending was going to be the merger of the two companies, and then that didn't happen. And you know, then it was kind of like, okay, well, what are these companies? I mean, even before that, I, we didn't even know—you know—were the leaders of a daily fantasy company maybe potentially. Gonna go to jail or were these companies gonna be shut down? And in fact, they were shut down for a period of time. Were they gonna even exist when, you know, I'm done writing the book? So yeah, I mean, the story kept evolving and kept changing. Um, but at the end of the day, what it was really about was the lives of the characters that I really focus on. And it was kind of the ending of the story is not only just, um, the Supreme Court decision that essentially paved the way for. Sports betting, you know, to be, uh, you know, legal at some point across America. And that decision was in 2018. But it was at the end of the story for a number of the characters in, in terms of the um, characters at, at, uh the co-founders, the five co-founders at FanDuel and also, um, you know, the conflicted poker player who was um, a player who, you know, made made a lot of money playing these games.
1: So, Albert, legalized gambling has been in New Jersey, as you alluded to, in less than a year, and it has been a quote-unquote gold rush. Looking at what New Jersey has done with this, what's it going to be like when more and more states across the country, kind of like New Jersey, finally are allowed to have legalized gambling? How big is it going to get in those states, kind of like New Jersey has become?
3: I think it's going to be massive. I mean, I think that it's going to be really big. I mean, it's very quiet right now just because it's really 13 states where You can gamble in some form, but only a much smaller handful of that where you can bet on your phones, and it's just going to get, you know, the number of states where you can do that is just going to grow and grow. It might be a slower process than we all thought, but look, when you and I can bet on our phones, you know, on our couch on an NFL Sunday or bet what's going to happen on the next at-bat in a pitch, which you can do, or bet on who's going to win the next point at the U.S. Open – you know, suddenly a sporting event that you're watching that isn't so interesting becomes very interesting. And I think for a lot of sports fans, that's really going to change how they consume sports.
0: Albert Chen joining us. Last thing for you is I think the uh, the interesting wrinkle in all of this is that daily fantasy has been going on all around the country for the last several years betting isn't legal in the state of Florida, yet I can still go on the FanDuel or DraftKings app and place bets today. Why is this not considered gambling?
3: Well, I think from the very beginning it was kind of viewed as sort of a, a game of skill, and there was a 2006 act that effectively you know legalized fantasy sports, and then they sort of used that um law to essentially go into fantasy sports and and call this fantasy sports and now look a lot of people look at this product and think that you know you can win money placing you know wagers on on daily events um that sure seems like gambling and we could probably devote a whole show to that but i think what they realized was uh, you know as these states kind of passed bills to legalize daily fantasy games it was two things a realization that you know maybe the public really wasn't You know, that adamant that, you know, gambling is such a bad thing, but also the partnership of the professional leagues where they were really against gambling and and they've really softened their stance because at the end of the day, it really helps um, their product. Sure.
0: Albert Chen, he's the senior editor at SI.com and the author of this book. You got to go pick it up. Billion Dollar Fantasy, the high stakes game between FanDuel and DraftKings that upended sports in America. Find it wherever books are sold. Thank you so much, Albert. We appreciate it
3: thanks for having
0: me, yeah, of course, uh, how about that shot shot's face when he said you could bet on what's gonna happen at the next at bet in a baseball game shot's jaw dropped. you can do that, you can do it now, and you can do it somewhat quote unquote illegally. I say that like nobody really monitors this you can we talk about betting. We talk about betting on the air as if it's a regular part of the conversation. There are TV shows that are dedicated to it. The show that comes on after us on most days of the week is called Straight of Vegas. They spend an entire hour talking about gambling lines. So all of this stuff is, is happening. And yes, Shot, what he said is true. And I'll be honest with you, I've done it. And it is a slippery slope.
1: Well, that's all I can tell you about Albert. Albert brought this up. He lives in New York. You can jump on a ferry boat in New York City, cross the Hudson River, and you're in, you're in New Jersey where, where it's legalized. You can legally gamble. You can gamble your brains out. And that's a ferry boat right from New York across the Hudson River, and you can knock yourself out. Yeah. And that's why it's such a gold rush in New Jersey. And Kravitz of New Jersey is any indication of this. And they've had legalized gambling for less than a year, and it's going crazy. They've wait already to,
0: taken more bets than Las Vegas. There you go.
1: Wait that's till, all you need to know. And went more states, legalize it. And, and Italy, just just like New Jersey. Except New Jersey has the people in New York, big population, that are a ferry boat away across the river to go to New Jersey and gamble legally. Finally, New Yorkers
0: have a reason to go to New Jersey.
1: They do. Am I right? You're 100% right. That's exactly right. It <laughs> hey, uh, only took a million years, but now right, they
0: do. Right, right. Um, th- th- I asked him that last question because I've always been curious about this. How is it that legally, legally, I can't go on my phone and bet, on the Patriots minus seventeen and a half against the Dolphins, you got to go offshore, funky web, you know, funky website to do that. But Fanduel, I could go on, set a lineup for this week, put money in, and if I if my team does well enough, I'm getting money back. How is that not gambling? But the other one is. He said in his description, and I'm not calling him out, that he's right. This is the way it is. I don't understand why it is this way and how you can actually defend it. That, that daily fantasy is a, is a game of skill, while betting on a game is a game of chance, and because of that, it's gambling? To do well at that, you need to know what you're doing.
1: You would think so. I thought about that when you asked the question, Kravitz. But right now, who's going to stop you from gambling the way the way that you'd like to? Nobody. That's right. And that's why it's going to keep and that's why it's going to keep happening. And I love the fact that he said But but
0: say, shut. D- Daily fantasy is gambling. That's my point. It's not that betting on a game isn't. It is. It's a gamble. Even if you know what you're doing, you can still screw it up, okay? It is gambling. You're placing money down in order to win money back. That is the definition of gambling. It's the same thing with daily fantasy, yet you've been able to do this for the last five, six years. And that's
1: because daily fantasy is considered, quote-unquote, a skill.
2: That's why. Uh, Yeah, And I think the only reason behind it is by the definition of fantasy football and the fact that fantasy football has had buy-in leagues for years. The Fantasy football is considered a skill when you don't have... Any ownership of what you're of what you're choosing, um, which I know sounds dumb. Of course, you're picking the Patriots, right? You're taking ownership. To
0: your point, if you were trying to make a case for the other side of why one is gambling technically and right. the other one isn't, is that if you're betting on the Patriots or the Dolphins, you're either taking one side or the other. There is some there is some sort of coin flip action that's going on there. Right?
2: It, it's kind of like the these teams are completely separate of me. That's why it's it's a gamble whereas whoever I pick on this fantasy site, I am the owner of that. I am making that choice which is different than these teams are going to go play.
0: I have money on whatever team. So, we used to do a lot of promotion for FanDuel on this on this station. I and that. if you're listening, we'd have we'd be happy to do it again. Uh, but it is nearly impossible to win. I mean, if you're trying to win serious money, like the ads that they would put out there of win a million dollars, that is so hard to do. I mean, it's it you, your odds are similar to that of winning the lottery. But if you were to play in, because I actually, I, I kind of like the idea of daily fantasy. I'm actually trying to get my wife into it because she doesn't have a fantasy team this year, and I found that on Sunday she was less interested, and I'm not having it. So... <laughs> so so, I got to rope her back in. So, I think daily fantasy might be the way to do it. 50 50 leagues are really cool. If you, do you remember those? 50-50. 50-50
1: 50 50 50 50 leagues. Memory. So, okay,
0: there's 100 people that's just random users online that sign up to be part of this league. There's 100 members, and you put your team together. You put whoever you want on it. You have to fit it into their budget, so you can't just load up your team with the best players. So, there's some strategy involved in that. And if you place in the top 50 of that 100, you get double your money back. It's that simple, so all you have to do is beat fifty people. It's pretty cool rather than I'm going to join this league that has fifty thousand people in it, and if I win, I win a hundred thousand dollars, but you're never going to win because <laughs> who the hell's going to start Hollywood Brown unless you know you know like I mean this past weekend, who would have had the top receivers in in football in their lineup to win a daily fantasy? league
1: well nobody would have had sammy watkins in our lineup no of course or not jackson well maybe sammy or,
0: watkins but definitely not hollywood brown or uh tj hawkinson or the only way from uh from washington the
1: only way they would have had sammy watkins in our lineup would have been had they known tyro and Tyree kill was going to get hurt and nobody knew that
0: right around the corner austin's got some weird sports for us to break down interested to see what we've got there that's next
2: Thanks for listening to the In the Zone podcast. Check us out live on 96.9 The Game, Monday through Friday from 3 to 6 p.m. I'm producer Austin, and you can find me on Twitter at Radio Guy Austin. I've got weights to lift and food to eat, but before I go, don't forget to subscribe and make sure to leave a five-star review. We'll see you next time. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
0: Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to...